All right, let's check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun this morning. Good morning, Vaughn. And good morning, Simi. Okay, let's talk about what's going on at the legislature, because it turns out they need their vaccine card, too. Yeah, you know, uh, we sometimes have noted over the years, Simi, that the British Columbia legislature can't agree on anything. If the government made a motion saying today was Thursday, the opposition would probably vote against it. But... (laughs) On Friday, the committee that manages the legislature, so it's all parties are represented on it, met and decided that, yes, there is going to be a vaccination card requirement for MLAs and visitors and staff, um, even the news media covering the legislature. Um, starting next week, you're going to have to show your proof of vaccination. Um, it's interesting to me on two points. One, uh, all parties supported this without debate. They passed the thing in two minutes. So it's, it's a, it's a sign that, you know, these are all the parties that are represented in the BC legislature. They do disagree on many things. On this one, uh, they're unanimous. Uh, You're going to have to show your card. Uh, It's an interesting gesture from our legislature. Reminder that we had that nasty protest there recently on the lawn, and the legislature's a good place to hold nasty protests. It's well-guarded, and that's where you should be yelling and screaming at the government or anybody else. Uh, But inside the House, uh, they're saying, hey, uh, you're going to have to show your card. Uh, news media, there's going to be a, a porthole uh, where you'll register and do the same. So um, well, the House is resuming on October the 4th. And uh, by then, uh, people going in and out of the buildings will be showing their cards for almost a month. Now, wasn't the fall session supposed to be like everything back to normal? Yeah, there's a big change here. And, and it's still in the works. Uh, been talking to Richard Dustman, who's the gallery president, and uh, Keith Baldry, my colleague, and We've been there for years, Keith and I. Uh, originally, the idea was, yes, it would be a normal session of the legislature. So this year and last year post-pandemic, uh, the, they were a hybrid session. Some members working from home, from their offices. Uh, some members well-spaced in the chamber. Most news media, well, we weren't even allowed in for a while. Uh, Staff, reduced staff, no action in the corridors. They did think uh, that when the session comes October the 4th, uh, they were going to be a a normal session, but I I think it's pretty obvious that isn't going to happen, Simi. The the fourth wave has been bigger uh, than the government anticipated, I think, than a lot of people anticipated. I now expect it will be a hybrid session again. Uh, we haven't seen the rules yet. They're still under discussion, but I think there will be allowances made for um, some MLAs have young families. Uh, some MLAs have uh, pre-existing medical conditions. Health minister is a good example. Uh, Adrian Dix has often told us he's a diabetic. So I think there will be uh, some leeway um, and the the return to normal now, well, one hopes it'll be next February. Uh, interesting that the government has set January the 31st for the current expiry of the vaccine cards. 
I also want to talk this morning about this health ministry of health situation because I find this this is something that I think is going to impact a lot of people. The fact that the health ministry is now telling doctors that they need to return to seeing patients in person. Now, do they mean across the board here, Vaughn? Because like I just had a an allergy prescription renewed over the phone. It took five minutes, and I don't want to have to go back to having to do that in office. Yeah, it's it's interesting that this letter has gone out just now because it. It's the health ministry, Dr. Bonnie Henry, and the College of Physicians and Surgeons uh, telling doctors that, you know, the, well, the era of virtual medicine, they ought to be preparing to phase it out. Um, It's not absolute. It's still being worked out, and the deadlines aren't clear. Um, I think the thing that got doctors' attentions in there, not to be too cynical, was they also said, we're going to be reviewing the fee schedule. So under the pandemic, uh, a virtual visit, in fact, for a while, they were, 90% of the visits were virtual at doctors' offices. Um, They were saying, yeah, but you can bill the same way. So there's a a, a bit of an insinuation there that they're going to change the fee schedule for this. But I think... The initial explanations I've heard on this, Simi, uh, from from doctors of BC is, hey, this is about finding a balance. Virtual medicine is here to stay, but, and the but is this, there are trade-offs. There are advantages to it, and, uh, you know, you can see some of those. There are disadvantages as well, so I think, you know, what they're really saying is we're going to have to, there's going to be a change coming, and uh, there will be less virtual medicine going forward than there was, say, last year. It just seems to me that if you want a renewal of something, that I talked to the doctor for maybe three minutes on the phone. It was pretty, it was very straightforward. But the the fact that they, they would expect me to actually make the appointment and go in and do this. It just seems I don't want to go back to doing that. Yeah, there are real advantages to it, and you've mentioned them there. It's convenient for patients. It's convenient. It's especially convenient for people who live away from the metro areas where their doctor is a short drive away. Uh, you don't have to travel as much. It's convenient for people who work and don't want to take time off work. Uh, it's also convenient. Um, in the sense that a lot of our family doctors in particular and some of our specialists have more patients than they can manage in a week or two weeks or whatever, it allows them to cram more appointments in. So those are all the reasons for doing this and for wanting to continue to do this. We have a huge shortage of family doctors in B.C., uh, long waiting lists for some specialists. All of that makes the system easier to manage. The downside, and doctors themselves have acknowledged this, is there are some medical conditions, there are people who need to see the doctor in person. There is a concern that doctors may miss things if they're not seeing the patient in person. So I think that's why we're headed toward a balance. Um, Absolutely. I I don't know if they need to be in a rush on this. Um, First of all, um, you know, if they're giving bars and and uh, restaurants until January the 31st under the current rules uh, gymnasiums I think they should be prepared to give doctors some leeway as well I don't know as though it was helpful to insinuate that they might be changing the fee schedule as a disincentive for virtual medicine again I think this is something that could be negotiated and worked out in 
you know, in the spirit of cooperation, uh, our our doctors in this province have performed extraordinarily oh, yes. well over 18 months. I think you really should be prepared to trust them on this matter. Absolutely. Um, let's talk a little bit about the vaccination requirement, too, for healthcare workers. I know Dr. Henry was talking about that. Yeah, you know, I see the, uh, the in Vancouver Sun today, uh, my paper reporting that the long-term care facilities are concerned about losing staff when the requirement to be vaccinated kicks in. And the one thing that jumped out to me about that is, uh, you know, they're saying, well, our workers are telling us that, uh, you know, they don't want to get vaccinated, they're going to go work somewhere else. It's not clear you're going to be able to go work somewhere else in the healthcare system. Dr. Henry said again this week that healthcare workers have a responsibility to get vaccinated, to protect patients and to allow themselves to keep working in a system that is short of staff. So she's saying, and Adrian Dix has backed this up, that requirements to get vaccinated are coming soon for acute care and community care. Um, you may not want to get vaccinated. Uh, you may be in the minority of people who don't want to get vaccinated in long-term care. It's not clear you're going to be able to go anywhere else and work because I think we're looking at a blanket requirement right across the healthcare system, and I think it will be announced soon. So essentially, time is running out. Yeah, time is running out. And again, you know, I think we, we've seen again and again enormous public support for this. Uh, I think it was reflected in that vote in the legislature committee on Friday. Yes, there's an anti-vax sentiment out there. It's a tiny minority, and we saw, and I know you've reported these numbers on, on the news today, we saw that those people are putting their health and that of their families and friends at enormous risk because overwhelmingly the people that are getting COVID-19 now that are ending up in hospital and ending up in the ICU are people that have not gotten themselves vaccinated. So true. All right, Vaughn, thank you for that. Bye-bye, Cindy. Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun.